Resuming. Weird. World. Order. Broadcast. Dynatherms connected. Initiating broadcast signal in... Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd Old Order, this is the Nerd Old Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, it's all about the... Booyah! What's up? It's your boy Joe, baby! And to my other, other right, weighing in at 178 adamantium-filled pounds, coming straight out of Krakoa, Alfonso X-Man Flores. G! And with that, we are starting another episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. We are going to be discussing Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, so first of all, this movie came in this weekend at $104 million domestically. I don't know how much it made worldwide, but we Americans apparently decided to consume some Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. So... Based on those numbers, I think it's very likely that they'll continue with the franchise. However, critics did not like the movie. 48% of critics said trash. However, the other opinion that matters is people like you and me. 84% of uh, movie viewers, moviegoers definitely enjoyed this movie. But none of that matters. None of that matters. I don't care about 48%. I don't care about 84%. I care about two opinions, and those are the opinions that you should care about. Uh, Joe, can you start us off? What was your overall opinion of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania? I almost think if the, the ratings was they were dyslexic when they were writing it, you know, because it's 84 and 48. <laughs> and right. i think you're part of the 48 most likely yes me, i i enjoyed the movie I, I i enjoyed it for me it's it's an ant-man movie so i like the you know like i like the ant-man movie so when i watch a movie like an ant-man movie there's only so much ant-man can do which to your point you've said a few times alan he gets big he gets small he gets big he gets small there's only so much you could do with it but i would like if, i think you would get more attention if they did more dope fighting instead of jumping, punching, jumping, punching, because that seems to be that's the only thing he's doing. You know, like it'd be cool if he did full compact com combat, kind of like a Shang Chi maybe, and and then shrink and then pop up and do like some different moves. Because you, when we did a review on Ant Man two, you said the same thing. What you did in Ant Man two, we did not see, we seen in Ant Man one already, and it's the same thing in Ant Man three. So. You're telling me, like, in the three different movies, you can't come up with new moves for Ant-Man or the Wasp to do, which I'm sure you could do because if it was an anime, anime, they'd be doing all kinds of crazy-ass moves. But I enjoyed the movie for what it was. I didn't go in expecting it going to be, like, the best Marvel movie, but it was a good Marvel movie. And for me, it was a lot better than some of the stuff that we got in Trashy Phase 4 for me. <laughs> 
Alfonso Iceman Flores, can you give your opinion to the live members of the Nerd World Order broadcast? So, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, you know me. I loved it. You know, I sometimes you know it's like I look at critic scores and I'm like, I, I see everything through like a child's view. You know, everything's a wonder, everything's fun, everything's great, and it's like, is that is that bad? Is that bad that I'm like that, or is that good? You know, I'm totally fine with it, man. I'm I'm always looking at the glass half half full. You know. Um, the movie was a lot of fun. It did have some shortcomings that we could discuss later, but um, you know, it, it introduced an amazing villain, um, and we're going to see a lot more of, of course, because we already know the names of the Avengers movies. Um, you know, with Ant Man, it's going to be fun. It's going to be it's going to be a blast. It's going to be you know you know little jokes here and there, you know, little visuals that are just you know they get you going. You know, um, this this whole story is. It's kind of, um, it's interesting because there's a couple things here in Marvel Comics that if you knew, you'd recognize. So like, of course, the, the quantum verse is basically the microverse in, in the comics where you have the micronauts. And I think there was some kind of legalities where they didn't get, like, you know, the, uh, they didn't get the, the rights to the micronauts, somebody mm -hmm. else owns it. It's and like Hasbro, right? So they weren't able to do that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because they, they, I think they went together with the toy line Hasbro, so. Um, they weren't able to do that. But when you watch this, you're like, oh, those guys are clearly Micronauts, everybody in the Quantiverse, right? So that that was cool. It was a good little throwback. Um, and, and then this whole story, this is, it's basically, it's an old Fantastic Four, Four story uh, where Ramatut originally came in. That's the first time you see King as Ramatut. He you know takes the Fantastic Four down into the Quantum Realm or the Microverse or whatever it is. Um, and, and, you know, hilarity ensues, right? So Ramatut is, of course, one of the other Kang personas. And, you know, like I do, Ramatut is going to lead us to Apocalypse because Apocalypse has a lot of his origin wrapped around Ramatut. I won't go too much mm -hmm. into that other than that. I can't wait. You know, we see Apocalypse in the next yeah. movie. I'm going to be stoked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I honestly didn't see any Mephisto sightings. That was kind of a bummer because I was looking for him. But he might be there. Maybe in the second view and I'll see that. But all in all, Maybe. like I said, it was a great time. You know, Baskin Robbins got to represent. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't they don't play. Um, I definitely recommend going out and seeing it. I'm going to see it again. I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to watch it again and probably again after that. I did not. You know, a lot of the things that you guys talk about are things that I definitely had a challenge with in the movie. Um, yeah, there's there's just so much for me to go over. So let me jump into some of the stuff that Joe talked about, not trying to be uh, just say everything that Joe says, but there was no real progression or development of the Ant-Man character. And I feel like when it comes to, um, let's say, the Marvel movies, if you take a look at like Captain America and you take a look at the Iron Man character, even Spider-Man there's a progression of the character. Maybe I'm just overthinking it, but just it's like, really, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. I, I didn't care for that because there was no progression. I think a good way to put it would be to say, um, you know, Joe talks about the fighting style, fighting style never improved, but he was talking to Cassie about, Oh, this is how you fight. Right. Mm -hmm. So he's telling Cassie how to fight, but then he doesn't do that to mm -hmm. Joe's point. 
And so it's like, okay, so you're going to give this, it's like telling your kid not to do something. Um, and then you do it. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see here. Modoc. Okay. Boo. <laughs> Modoc was awful. The special effects were, that's the worst special effects I've seen since like I watched a sci-fi channel movie. And when it comes to describing how bad special effects are, sci-fi channel is the bottom like that's the floor that's the dirty floor that's like that's like you dig into the dirty floor and there's like mm -hmm. mud underneath the floor mm -hmm. that's sci-fi channel special effects and let me tell you those special effects were sci-fi channel horrible yeah. uh what else can i complain about with this movie there's just, uh, there's just so much um i'm trying to keep it positive that's why i had alfonso go for me because <laughs> you know i figured he could brighten it up a little bit but ah uh, yeah, there's so much wrong with this movie. But, um, dude, like even even like you knew that was gonna be Darren. You know, when when you heard Modaka was gonna be in it, like I don't think anybody did not think it was not gonna be Darren. I didn't even remember who Darren was, bro. I'm be honest. That guy came on, I was like, <laughs> Yellow Jacket. He was yellow he's jacket. A, he's a yellow jacket, right. bro. Like you at least like the first Ant-Man movie, so you should at least know that's him. Remember and man went in there, short circuited him a little bit. I knew it was him sleeping. after after they had to explain who he was. It's like, hey, everybody, like Alan, who doesn't remember who this guy is, let's yeah. explain who he is. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. It's like I, I felt like Yellow Jacket was a pretty formidable enemy, mm -hmm. and then they just turned. Yellow jack they turn the yellow jacket character into a punchline. Like Modoc was just one big punchline. You know, he's supposed to be this mechanized. I'm sure Alfonso can uh, just, you know, spit it out, but you know, the mechanized something Organism. for only killing, but he was just goofy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Alfonso doesn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it me mechanized uh organism designed for only only for killing. Yeah, <laughs> but you, you know, but to touch on your point, Alan, you know the progression. Yeah, you didn't see a lot of progression for Ant Man. Where you did see progression was progression for Cassie, and they're not making any mention of it. But these new Avengers—that's everything that's been building up. This is this is what we're gonna get. You know, I mm -hmm. bet you the, the new Avengers are gonna come. They're gonna handle some business. They're gonna get pinned down at the last minute, maybe even after the first Avengers movie or first new Avengers movie. And then the old Avengers are going to come back to bail them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or it's going to be vice versa. The old Avengers are going to get pinned down. The new Avengers are going to come and save them. So I did see progression with Cassie. Uh, as far as your other point, I do. I completely agree. This movie had way too much CGI. What it needed was more practical effects. Because it had so much CGI, it almost started to fall in the realm of the Spy Kids movies, of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, um, yeah. Book of yeah. <laughs> Right? So, yeah, just because, especially with Modoc and, and George Lopez, I mean, same big head guy, you know. But I, I, I enjoyed the Modoc thing. It was a lot of fun. You know, he was, he was, he was pretty much a badass until he took off his mask. And then he was like, oh, you know. But it, yeah, the, the CGI, it was just, it was just too much. I mean, it was like, it was like Avatar, or wanting to be like Avatar, but not as, as good as the CGI, just a better story. <laughs> it, Modoc looked like when Alfie first started for photoshop pictures. 
before, <laughs> before Alfie got really good, bro. That's what it looked like, you know? We, you know, Alfie's good at Photoshopping now, but before, like, in the beginning stages, that's what it looked like. But when you, when you talk about the progression of Cassie, this is – this is kind of like the issue that I had with it. I mean, it's not really a big issue, but so we're, we're, we're to believe that Cassie's that smart all of a sudden, like her dad's a thief, right? He's in electronics, you know, his mom, there's not much about her, what she does. And then now this, his daughter is so smart. She can just figure out the quantum realm. Like she just said, Hey, let me see your old books and ask, you know, Hank Pym. And then, you know, figure out the quantum realm. Hey, if I knew this, I could have saved you. You know what I mean? So it's like, I mean, I think that's cool, I guess. But in that time frame, like, she's that smart. And then she's going to jail. And then, you, you know what I mean? Like, his whole, if if his whole thing about losing time and birthdays, but yet the time that you're with them, it seems like you didn't spend that much time with her because, one, you didn't know that she was experimenting with Hank and, you know, like, uh, and, and, and lost down there about the quantum realm. And two, she's getting in the jail quite a few times. And then you, you know, you bond at the end of the movie, which is fine. But I don't, I just felt like that that's to the point is there's not much thought in the process of the story. Right. Because but to be fair, it I doesn't mean, make sense. Yeah. Ant-Man wasn't, a, he's not an idiot. Scott Lang, he, he was somebody who worked at this, um, like a computer company and he hacked in and gave everybody their money back. You know, he, he was somebody who he's, he's got, I think he's got a PhD in something. Right. And he went to thievery because he wanted to basically do the Robin hood thing, you know, still from the rich, give to the poor, give back to the people. Right. And, and that's, you know, one of the reasons why Hank liked him. And, and when he brought him in, you know, so of course Cassie inherited some of that intelligence. And then when she has a, she has a mentor like Hank Pym, you know, who's kind of top of his game in the Marvel universe so far, cause we don't have Reed Richards yet. You know, that, that says a lot. I, I really think that, I, I think that was done well. Of course, she's going to hide her, her antics from her father because, you know, he just wants to think of her as little, his little baby girl and, and, you know, she can do no wrong, but, you know, she's like, she's, she's a warrior out there, you know, trying to fight injustice. So I, I mean, I, I bought that. Uh, that was that old school David Wayne saying, no, bro. Yeah, you shouldn't buy that, bro. That's just lazy writing. He used to say that all the time. Ah, la. Like, anytime he disagreed with something, ah, la. Get, bro, come on, man, dude. Like, quantum realm and that thing, bro, that's deep in some science, big intellectual stuff, bro. An electric engineer is nowhere near that, bro. I'm sorry, dude. If that was <laughs> Hank Penn's granddaughter, you know what I mean? If, if he, if, Ant-Man had a kid with a wasp. I'll buy that. Cause, you know, on on because even even Hope is smart. I, I buy that. But that's just to Alan's point. That's just lazy writing for me. Cause you're trying to set because Hank is is smart. And in the comics, you know, like Hank was the main freaking Ant-Man, and then now it's not. And so he's not the smart guy anymore. So I get it. You have to establish someone smart like that. But for me, it's just it's like, you know, like hoopla tricks. Hey, look at over here, and then you're trying to, you know. Trick me. You're not going to trick me. I have to agree with both of you, gentlemen. <laughs> I feel like the attempt to create a story where uh, you know, Scott Lane gets back and he's just, he's pretty much again ignoring his daughter. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'd rather, it's like, oh, I'd rather write this book and oh, 
go to all these different mm -hmm. uh, book signings and stuff instead of spend time with my daughter to the point when I don't realize that she's like going to jail, but everyone else in the family knows that's, you know, that's just some bad writing. And I feel like either they needed to highlight that mm -hmm. or they needed to not use it because it was just yeah. kind of this in the middle. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then to Alfonso's point, I felt like it was feasible that Cassie did create the quantum realm device, because if you think about it, she wasn't creating a transport. She was simply creating a beacon, like a satellite. And if you think about the electronics thing, like it's basically electronics and engineering. She wasn't trying to create a, uh, like a transporter or anything mm -hmm. like that. She simply created a satellite. And, you know, it's like if Hank Pym knows enough to understand how to transmit into the quantum realm and she understands electronics enough, I felt like it was feasible. It didn't bother me too much. To me, that wasn't genius stuff. Um, I feel like a genius helped her. But essentially, all she did was create a radio, you know, so I, I didn't have too much trouble with that part. No, bro. No, no, dude. I'm, I'm going to say no again, bro. Come on, man. So, come on, man. Dude, so you you watch Ant-Man 1 when she's a little girl. If, I mean, if you're that smart, bro, you should have showed something in Ant-Man 1, which you didn't because you made up some new hoopla story to show that she's smart. Because if she was that smart, you should have did that in Ant-Man 1. To Ant Man Two, or like you know, at the end of Endgame, you know, like you come back and you're hugging your kid. You spent all the time in Ant Man Two trying to be with your daughter, right? You know, because you kept, or it was after the fact. No, 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 it was Ant Man Two. Yeah. So like, you spent all that time. You got like a little tracer on your freaking ankle. You're, you're making <laughs> traps inside your thing. So you're you're creating a dad who really loves his daughter and would do anything for his daughter. And then here comes Ant Man Three, and now you, the dude that you made us believe. That went through all that hardship and Ant-Man one when Hank Pym said, Yo, you could you gonna look your daughter's gonna look at you in your face and, and either you're gonna respect you or you're not, and this is a choice to make. To the guy that's walking around doing little book signings, reading books, I love you, Cassie, and don't know anything about your daughter. So in that time frame that you lost of five years, you're trying to tell me you're not the same dad? Like, no, bro, I don't I don't buy that whole part. If, if, if I'm really being technical about it, you're, you're using phase five and all that was for me is just a King prequel. And what I mean by King prequel is that's just a whole movie designated to set up King and you made up little different tidbits so you can just throw King in there and, and, and this is King. And this is why for me, it doesn't work and why I don't think as of yet, he's better than Thanos because Thanos, he was in there a little bit. You knew he was a badass. He wasn't in there the whole movie, and then eventually he comes in. Where Kang, the whole movie was like, here, here's Kang. It was just a prequel for Kang. This is Kang. This is the big, big baddie. Because you didn't do anything in Phase 4 other than Loki to try to introduce who Kang was, right? And then you're going to do a movie, hey, this is what Kang is. You wasted all Phase 4. So when Kang is a big badass, this is where I have a problem with. If he kills characters... Who are you going to be sad for? Exactly. Nobody. Because all the people you cared about are freaking dead already, dude. And James Gunn is going to kill off some more people in freaking Guardians of the Galaxy. So the people that you grew up with are gone. 
So yeah, yeah he's the badass, but who is going to kill? <laughs> let me interject with one thing here real quick. So as far as Scott doing his, his books, his signings and all that, he's got to provide for his daughter, okay? So I get that. The second thing is his daughter's not a baby girl anymore. And dealing with a baby girl who you love and you cherish and you put on this pedestal is different than dealing with a teenage daughter, right? So he wants to treat her like that, which probably pushes her away. And and it's all too familiar area with me. You know what I mean? It's like, this is my baby Stop girl. I, I'm a woman it, now, right? Stop no, it. Tell you, because dude. I know how you I'm are with you. your older daughters and your younger daughters. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it, Alfie. You will not do, you will not be focused on your book when I know you love your kids because you will you not be out there promoting all your books. Dude, you guys to get paid, but to your point that your daughter's already old. It doesn't matter. And I know for a fact you're still in, in your daughter Victoria's life. I know for a fact <laughs> you course, still do that. And there's no way that you're going to be writing a book, walking around, daydreaming, talking to yourself, and then neglecting Victoria. <laughs> Quit capping, bro. Capping. That's cap. That's cap. Stop it. Oh, man. I'm not going to let you dilute so, our audience with your bularkey. <laughs> Stop it. So I just picture Alfonso, like his son comes up to him and he's like, daddy, daddy. And he's like, no, no, I got uncanny X memes to make, son. Yeah. You're not going to do that. You're Twice. not. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're not. Quick happen, bro. However, that whole that I, did, I know it sounds like I'm ranting and I hate it. I it didn't bug me enough to like dislike the movie anymore. I see what you're doing, Marvel. Like you just can't fool me, but it didn't bug me to the point where like I'm like it made the movie bad. I'm like I see what you did. Whatever you got to move the story along because you have to show she's so smart to do this. Because how is he gonna get back at the end? Oh, she already established that she could do that. That's how they get back. Lazy writing, though. Speaking of lazy writing, we know that there were big plans for Phase 5. They were supposed to be pushing out movies and TV shows and all that stuff. Um, looks like a lot of that's on hold. Do you guys feel like this movie had any effect on that? No, Alfonso, you're the positive four, one. Yeah, I, I think it was all phase four that had the effect on that. I mean, just, you know, they had to look at it. They had to take a look at what they were doing, and they had to do something different, you know. And it just happened to coincide with the time in a Batman, Quantumania. How much How much did uh, I'm going to have to agree. Make? How much did Captain Marvel make? I don't know. I don't know. Over it made over at least a like two fifty. Come on, we know if I, if I if I do a Google search, uh, yeah. the broadcast is going to crash. So don't ask me to do a Google search right now. I, I think it made over a billion, right? We all agree that movie was that was like a Phase Four movie. If you think about it, out of all the phase, you know, Phase One, Two, Three, it was like a Phase Four movie. It did well because of the anticipation of like everyone's. Like, you need to watch this movie before you watch Infinity War, right? It was the buildup, mm -hmm. and. It wasn't that good. And for me, that almost seems like the start of really bad movies was from that movie right there. <laughs> because you're taking advantage of, you know, we're going to go watch it regardless whether it's good or not. And I just think Kevin Feige is very smart. And he looks in there and he sits there. Here's, here's what I think. I don't think Ant-Man had anything to do with 
with uh, him pushing back phase four. Who I think has it has him thinking that is James Gunn. I think James Gunn has him thinking like, you know what? Let's start thinking about it because now he has competition. Like there's people going to be out there like James Gunn's not going to bring DC back. But just think about this. People said the same thing about Turner when it came to WCW and Eric Bischoff came in. When they brought in Eric Bischoff, he came in. That's when Alan Dukes said, yo, I know you don't watch wrestling no more. I know you're disappointing with him, but you need to watch him because Hulk Hogan's a villain. I said, what? He said, yeah, man, Hulk Hogan's a villain. I said, what? He said, yeah, man, Hulk Hogan is now a villain. I said, impossible. He said, no, man, no, man, he's a villain. He came out with Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Dude, it's called the NWO, and it's big. So I started watching it, and guess what happened? They got momentum, and they made competition with WWE. Guess what? WWE got better, a lot better because of WCW. And through the competition, everything got better. So I think James Gunn is a big part of Kevin Feige pushing back and being like, you know, let's think about what we're going to put out because James Gunn is around the corner. And James Gunn has been in Marvel in a long, long time, has been watching, and is good friends with Kevin Feige. He knows the systematic of what they do to be successful. And he knows Phase 4 hasn't been that good. And he knows what people are talking about because James Gunn will treat you back. Hey, is this and this? He'll treat you no. He'll treat you like, I don't know, we'll see. He's that guy. He's very active with treating back to people that treat him. So I think he has a bigger part of that. I don't think Ant-Man has anything to do with him, whether or not he's slowing back the content. I think James Gunn has a big part of it. fascinating perspective it does make a lot of sense i partially agree with you joe i partially disagree i feel like at let's say about mid phase four maybe the end of phase four they were like man we got a lot of cleanup to do right so they're 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 like we got some cleanup to do but then and this is where i agree with you now we have competition so we spent, let's say, five years. I don't know how long phase four was. It seemed like it was 100 years to get through it. But it seemed like they could just turn out any sort of garbage and people were going to watch it because, I mean, DC was, come on, Wonder Woman 84. That pretty much sums up the product that DC was putting out, right? Yeah. So now mm-hmm. it's like they look, to your point, Joe, they're like, wow, there's someone who understands how to treat superhero movies correctly so Mm -hmm. we have to start treating superhero movies correctly and start respecting the fans because one thing we know about james gunn he respects the fans Mm -hmm. he respects the content and Mm -hmm. i feel like marvel has not been respecting the content kind of like what alfonso said they took a fantastic four story and they're like you know what we should remove from this story the fantastic four they've just been disrespecting the content for years and now they're like dang we can't do that anymore so i agree with you joe but i feel like the writing was on the wall before james gunn showed up but now they have to put it in overdrive yeah yeah so that was an excellent analogy too with the nwo and and uh, wwe yeah oh yeah i that one too my dude i was like did i say that oh yeah bro I got you. You're like, he doesn't even wear yellow and orange or yellow and red anymore. <laughs> what? 
yeah, it's all black. It's a black bandana. He goes, he even colored his beard. It's like black and I'm like, yeah, really? I'm like, yeah, man. It's like yeah, black hair and a black beard. Black. Yeah, I was like, okay, let me check this out. And you didn't have Google then. You had to like watch. <laughs> you were, you know, they didn't have YouTube. You had to really watch it like next Monday. <laughs> you know what I mean, dude? Otherwise, you were watching it. Excellent point. Excellent point. Hey, Joe, uh, one of the things that you mentioned, and Alfonso, I'm going to ask you to sort of give your opinion on it. Was King, as of right now, based on what we've seen with Loki and also with this movie, has King been a better villain or is King a better villain than uh, Thanos? What do you think? Oh, that's tough, man. That's really tough because, you know, Thanos had a slow build. You know, he was he was a mastermind behind everything that was going on. You know, he was he was the one, you know, funding Loki um, when when he invaded in uh, in the first Avengers movie. I mean, King, you know, he King the Conqueror that we got to know in Quantumania. Amazing villain, you know, and you could tell he was he was nerfed because he didn't have everything at his disposal. You know, you, and he was still whooping it. You know, he, you could tell he's going to be even stronger. Is he dead? I don't know. Is he coming back? I don't know. But the Council of Kang, so that's just one of Kang and Conqueror is one person. Council of Kang, that was a grip of Kangs, man. That was Kangtastic. I mean, you had a you had a scroll king out there. You know what I mean? You had you had Rama Tut, who I got mad respect for. You had uh, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, not, I forget that. You know, I, I knew two or three of their names, you know. So when I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, that, you know. And I don't know, man, That that's a force to be reckoned with because they're across every timeline. You know, that's just, that's a lot of people to do the same thing that one person was doing, you know. You know are they as powerful as him? Are they more powerful than him? I don't know, man. I, I think mm-hmm. at this point, I wouldn't say he's, Bigger than, than uh, Apocalypse. I wouldn't say he was bigger than Thanos doing doing bigger stuff, but potentially, I think he has so much more potential than Thanos ever did. I'm going to jump in front of you, Joe, because I think I know what you're going to say. So I'm cutting in line. <laughs> they just rushed him. It was. It's like what you said. Yeah, there was a slow build, right? It's like who's the man pulling the strings? Mm-hmm. You know, he comes in for a cameo here and there. He pops up at the end of the movie. They introduce this character who's supposed to be like the big bad for the next like eight years. And this dude, first of all, gets in a fist fight with Ant-Man and loses. Okay. (laughs) And then he basically gets outsmarted through the entire movie by uh, the Michelle Pfeiffer character, uh, Janet Van Dyne. And by Cassie, mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm supposed to be the super mega genius, but I'm getting outsmarted by basically everybody, right? Um, and then I feel like the Council of Kangs, who cares? Like, really, who cares? Because I feel like, well, yeah, I care too, but here's why I don't care. Because I feel like that's one of those things where... To create a Council of Kings creates a series of variables where it just throws too much stuff out there. Oh, well, this is Ramatat. Oh, this is this king. Oh, this is he who remains. Oh, this is Iron Lad. 
that's just too many variables. It's moving in too many directions. Mm-hmm. Council of Kings is one of those things that's great in a comic book, but to try and introduce it into a series of movies that's supposed to have a continuous storyline when the villain himself basically can rewrite storylines and at, basically like they never existed, mm-hmm. it's just too much. So Thanos was better. Thanos was a better villain so far, Joe. Um, well, I'll just piggyback what you said. So, you know, I appreciate the Council of Kings because, you know, if you read the comics, you see it and they did it very well because it's straight out of the comics. The thing his, his, the issue with that is in the three gentlemen you mentioned in that end credit scene, if you don't read the comics, you don't know who the hell they are. If they made King like a Thanos type threat, and by the end of the movie, you see a bunch of Thanos in the arena, you're like this. <laughs> they can't handle one, and now it's a whole arena full of Thanoses. <laughs> Go on, you know, but you don't you don't see that because to your point, you know, he did get beat up by Ant Man, you know, but he was busting Ant Man's ass. I mean, he really had hope by from hope because hope came in and blasted him, right? But you know, like, and they made it a point to let you know that his thing was damaged, you know, because he looked at it for like five minutes. Hey, it's damaged, so you knew they were gonna fist fight, you know, but. You know, like in Loki, like if you watch the the series, says, but what if someone doesn't watch Loki? So if you if you watch Loki, you know he has this time device where he can manipulate time and move and dodge, and you can't touch the guy. And so that's one of his things that he uses when he tries to fight the Avengers. So you you make it a point of like, have I killed you before? Are you Thor? You know, you know, you seem intimidating. And don't get me wrong, Jonathan Majors is a great ass actor, man. You know, so he 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 can gives that impression that he's really a tough dude. But what is he? What did he do? Like all you did was talk, and then at the end of the day, he got beat up by Ant Man, which I get. He, he's not at his full power, you know. And people probably trip out because of the ants. But then again, you got to remember the ants have a thousand of technology, thousand years of life to build up their technology. So he did get beat up by a lot of ants. I mean, that's a lot of ants. But <laughs> if 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 you look at it and he blasts someone that doesn't know who Kang is, you'd be like, is that just another Iron Man doing energy blasts? And he, is that in the Iron Man with the shield? So you you really don't get to see King's true potential if you're if you don't read the comics, and you're just watching the movie because you've seen what Thanos can do, you know, like. But just the the way he looked and the way they presented him, you knew something was coming. Where to your point, Alan, they rushed it so much because all of Phase Four, besides Loki, there's no mention of King. So now you you got this this movie with King. You're like, ah, oh, here's King, the big badass. And, and you know, it's just it's not believable to see a whole arena full of King and think, oh man, this is King Dynasty. It's gonna be this and this and that. You know what I mean? It's like you don't. There's there's no for me. It's no like you, you're right. Donalds for me is this the, the way they did Donalds was a lot better. I just remember the uh, big purple hat, uh, hat guy, Galactus looking guy. That's Immortus. Right? That's one of the other kings. But, you know, um, one of the things in the comics, Kang, Kang is super reliant on his technology. Yeah, he can fight. He can throw down. But it's his technology that puts him over the top of anybody. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he knew he knew it's going to happen before it was going to happen. You know, he's got a device for this. He's got a device for that. He did not have that available to him. So even still, I mean, he was about to win. He didn't, of course, but he didn't have he didn't have his full arsenal. You know, it's yeah. like going in with no arms. 
you know, and, and yeah, those ants, I mean, any kind of manifestation of a, some kind of a swarm will take pretty much anybody down. I mean, ants, oh, yeah. you know, uh, locusts, you know, it, a swarm mentality that, I mean, that's the whole thing behind zombies. You know, you get a swarm like that. It, it doesn't cool. matter how slow they are. It doesn't matter how weak they are, you know, sheer numbers will take anybody down, you yeah. know? So I, 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 I saw the threat that he was and, and I, I, felt like man he could have been so much more if he had full access to everything he needed so i i don't know i don't know how i was able to feel that but but i i could tell maybe it's just because of my my prior knowledge of king but you know mm -hmm. anytime they've pretty much taken him down it's because they took his technology away or they mm -hmm. you know they somehow stunted him a little bit you know so mm -hmm. yeah but to, to your point right now like if he he's the smartest man right do you really yeah. need janet to help you build up your <laughs> you're whatever the, the the thing's called to make you go back you're smart enough to do right. that so if you if you're trying to tell me or someone else in the audience hey this guy's the smartest thing but then you're like why does she need janet she couldn't even get out of the quarter one himself <laughs> you, you know what i mean dude so and, it, and then not to mention dude they did hope dirty bro like oh yeah i was like oh i forgot she was in the movie they did her dirty right. and then like we show pfeiffer man she still looks good man <laughs> Like, yeah, and that's no filters, baby. But you know, like she was even, she was even dope. She did more like dope stuff in there than hope, and I kind of felt bad yeah. for her. You know what I mean? Because it's like, bro, like the wasp. Why even call it Ant Man and the Wasp? And she just called it Ant Man Quantumania. <laughs> because the wasp was Janet Van Dyne wasp. <laughs> well, maybe you know, I could, you know, yeah. I wanted to say it that way. And, and you guys, you guys know that that King is a descendant of Reed Richards, and also somehow of Doctor Doom. You know, um, he's King. You know, he comes from a lineage of you know super smart people. He has all the technology. Like even even in um, what do you call it, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, you saw you saw Reed Richards come in in his. I guess it's it's the the Doom's time. Uh, platform or whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there was one of the Council of Kings that you see pop up the same way. So he's still using that technology. You know, it's his, it's his birthright. So I can't wait to see how they make the connection with that. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard some speculation uh, that it, it, they might change it to where he's uh, he's more of a direct descendant of uh, Chala, but, you know, I, I'm not buying that. I, I don't see why they need to change that at all. There's no reason for it. Mm -hmm. Does it matter though? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't really matter. Like, people don't. I don't think that movie did a good representation of how powerful Kang is. No, and it's gonna make people go YouTube you know. videos. Right. Let me go YouTube Kang. He's really <laughs> strong. Yeah, but you don't get that perception like you did with Thanos. Yeah, I was I was watching I don't know what it was maybe YouTube or TikToks or whatever it was and uh, they were talking about a time when Black Bolt went to blast Kang. Kang created a mm -hmm. like a time tunnel and Black Bolt's blast ended up blasting something else because Kang was able to basically mm -hmm. move the uh, you know like black bolts boss through or excuse me yeah. blast through time and space mm -hmm. to your point joe when you talk about his fighting style there were so many things that could have been done and yeah you mm -hmm. know what his suit's damaged really that's what we're doing that's why yeah. he was a, a crap villain 
in this movie mm -hmm. because it suits damage. But then Alfonso says, oh, he's descendant of two of the most intelligent men yeah. in all of the multiverse and time. But he couldn't even fix his own ship. Really? But why? Because mm -hmm. he's that he's that intelligent. It's almost like they lead you to believe that Kang is just some normal guy, mm -hmm. you know, like just chilling, working, working at 7-Eleven. And he gets this technology and he takes this technology and goes off and wants to conquer everything as mm -hmm. opposed to he's a genius. Yeah. <laughs> and he utilizes the technology. But the main thing is he's a genius mm -hmm. and they completely overlook that. Yeah. And then that's, that's, you remember when the uh, the guy with the, the, I think it was a robot with the energy blast where he fired his energy blast and he did this dope little spin around where he changed the color of the the uh the orange flames to blue and just jacked his ass up that's king that's king and you don't see any more of that dude that's king bro like yeah. that's that's what makes him dope like that to your point that's like when you talked about black boat that's what king does you know like i would have been cool with like you introduce king a little bit right and he's not yet going through the quantum realm to 616 yet, but build it to where he's sending informants to see maybe to see how it is and how he's going to go there and conquer and build up to him getting out. And then by King Dynasty, he's out, you know, and then, and then you, it builds up to it. You know, like, you know, like he has spies, he has people that works for him. You, you know, it's just, I don't know, dude, like, I guess we're just nitpicking. I don't know. I guess I'm just <laughs> You know what's funny earlier, Dukes, when you're talking about the guy at 7-Eleven who, who stumbles upon all this future tech, you just described Booster Gold <laughs> coming to a theater near you. You're absolutely right. And Booster Gold is, his whole thing is like, you know, he's not, he's just a normal guy. Mm -hmm. But Kang is just the complete opposite of just yeah. a normal guy. You know, I mean, the intelligence, the planning, the strategy, and then to be defeated by a speech from a teenager. God forbid that's how I ever go out, you know, <laughs> where yeah. I got some great plan and some teenager comes up for her homecoming prom mm -hmm. speech and is like, come on, guys, we can fight him. Well, because because yeah. he wasn't demolishing you. Yeah, for, for millions and millions of years, but all of a sudden mm. your speech is going to get us hyped up. Yeah, what? And then King mm. King's like, and I would have gotten away with it too if it was wasn't for you crazy kids. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. And then also he's like, stop Batman from coming through. Like you're you're smart, bro. Like you you have devices on your thing. Like I, I you, you know what I mean? It's like you could have just you're so smart. You didn't need to take your whole army there. The, you know, at yeah. the end of the movie, when you're trying to get, you're trying to get through it. You're like, screw my whole army. I'm just going to go. If you would have did that in the beginning, you, you wouldn't be at the last minute trying to fight Ant-Man. You know what I mean? And getting blasted by hope. You know, it's just like, to your point, Alan, it's like, I don't think they, right? they thought it through I, to the story. They didn't. So I have a question for you guys, because I just kind of made this up in my mind to explain something away. What was he doing with that army? Like, was he going to go attack all the other timelines, or well, where was he going? Yeah, I think that's what he was going to do. Not gonna, yeah, he's not going to do all the work himself. You know, that's mm -hmm. that takes a lot of time. He's 
he just wants to chill and have things happen, come in when he needs to, you know? I mean, he yeah, can he do all the work by himself? Sure. I mean, is it is it going to be exhausting? Yeah. You know, he's got this big old chair he wants to sit in. So he got time for that. But, like, dude, you had that much time to so create a whole was, city and the army, but you couldn't create another device to get out of there? <laughs> he needed hard so batteries. So, so if I'm telling someone that knows nothing about King and I'm trying to tell, dude, this King guy's one of the smartest dudes ever, and they watch the movie, they're going to be like, ah, really? <laughs> he couldn't get out? He needed help from Janet? Like, he's smart? He got beat by ants? Oh, granted, I mean, they're swarming. But he had a whole city of those dudes. I mean, I think I'd like to say he had just as many of the troops as he did those ants. <laughs> you know, when he was looking for the yeah. viewers, like a lot of them. Were, were there people in armor or were they were they like robot android things? Because I thought See, one that's another thing. Like, Wait Yes. That's another thing. You don't know. Right. You don't. Is he? You, you don't know. Bro. Here's why I say that. <laughs> here's why I say they had to be robots. It's the old G.I. Joe rule. Remember mm-hmm, right. in G.I. Joe, when you're watching the cartoon, at first, no one would ever get shot which is why they created the bats, right? The bats were the mechanized Cobra guys. They they were robots so that when people shot, they would go down, but they weren't really people. So mm-hmm. I f- kind of feel like Marvel did that too, where they were like, oh no, these are robots. So if we shoot them and they disintegrate or whatever, it's all good because they're not people. Yeah, <laughs> but if, if here's the thing. If if they're not people, he's like, what's the code? And like, oh, 18735. And I'm like, so is he human in there? Like, what is he? Yeah. Because if you're a robot, a robot's not gonna think. Oh, he's he, let me. It's one eight seven. Like if you, if he's yeah. a robot, he's not gonna think like that. I, I wouldn't think. But the, again, <laughs> but that's just, again, they're just there's just Russian stuff. You didn't see somebody go down. Yeah. The other guy is like Jimmy. No, not Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there's just Russian. Okay, I got stuff. another question for you guys. And this is, you know, I just, I need some clarification from you guys because there's some stuff that just didn't make sense to me. Okay. Janet Van Dyne gets out of the quantum realm. She never ever mentions any of that to anybody. Like, like that would be like if if I was in Ontario and I was driving <coughs> to Alfonso's house and I saw like Godzilla along the way, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be like, hey Alfonso, what's for dinner? I'd be like, bro, guess what I saw? <laughs> right? But for some reason, she decides she's not going to tell anybody, and then she freaks out when they actually go to the quantum realm mm-hmm. when it's her fault nobody knew about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's my it, it, question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I guess my question is, like, why wasn't any of that stuff in the quantum realm, like, when they took her out? None of that stuff was there, and why didn't she mention it? She she was too embarrassed that she she helped form this rebellion, and you know she doesn't know if they won or lost, and she bailed on him. She was too embarrassed about that. All right. The other thing is, she's like, they can't. Well, if Kane can't get out, they can't get out. So it's not my problem. Like if you went down the street and you saw Godzilla, and you came over here, you'd be like, hey, Godzilla's coming. But you know, he's here. You know, Quantum Realm is just it's like it's not happening. So it was kind of a moot point. Of course, she was. She was embarrassed of it. She didn't want to bring it up. She didn't want to tell uh, Hank that, you know, she was, she was, you know, over there uh, with Bill Murray, you know. So 
she acted like there was nothing there. Like when, when he found her, it was like on the outskirts. It wasn't near the city. So he didn't see the city. Right. So, you know, it's, it's stupid. She should have brought it up. She should have told him all about it, but she was just embarrassed. You know, she, she had friends and, you know, people that she loved and trusted and she bailed on them. So she, you know, she felt remorse. She didn't want to bring that up. I, I don't know. That's my thought. Uh, not. No, bro, stop it, dude. Stop Is it 1999? <laughs> be embarrassed because you bang Bill Murray. I get that. Don't mention that. <laughs> but if you know this dude can't get out, you don't leave that information out. And then get mad when you're stuck in there. And then everyone's like, oh, he's a baddie. He's a baddie. He's a baddie. Well, you knew he's a baddie. All you had to say was like, look, I hope this dude do this. You didn't have to mention Bill Murray. You didn't have to mention a, a, a rebellion. You had All you had to mention was like, this dude, I saw some things. We can't go down there. Right. Not to mention, you're going to let, you know, because, you know, ghost, she needs some, you know, particles from the quantum mania. You're going to let him go in there and grab some stuff. And at the end of Ant-Man uh, 2, when they got blimped, you were okay with him going and doing that? But you're not okay with them communicating. You know what I mean? It's just this is lazy writing again, dude. Like, you know, and then it's like, oh yeah, I banged a Linda, but she wasn't you, baby. It's like, come on, bro. <laughs> come on, dude. Yeah. But I, I enjoyed the movie though. With like anyone. No. No, bro, there's no way. <laughs> You're in trouble, dude. There's no way. Well, I did it too, so we good. You know, it's just I don't know. <laughs> Thirty years is a long time, but you know, even though it's, I, I was still entertained. Mm. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was better than some of the stuff of Phase Four. But yeah. again, I'm not looking for anything to be really big coming out of Ant Man. So for me, I, I don't go in there getting disappointed too much. I mean, even though it sounds like I'm disappointed because you're just talking loud about critiquing a movie, but it was very enjoyable. Like. So my question for you guys, is King the Conqueror still alive? Is he coming back? Yeah. Um, hence the name King Dynasty. No spoilers or anything, Marvel. But mm -hmm. you named an entire movie that you already released the mm -hmm. name of King Dynasty. Done. Yeah. But you got the Council of King. There's four billion of other, other kings out there. It doesn't have to be King yeah. the Conqueror. But King the Conqueror in the comics is the one that killed him. He became King Prime. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, you know, like when Ant-Man went down there to try to retrieve whatever, I don't, I'm so bad at names and stuff. Uh, that's where he went. So he's probably a bunch of kings in there that he's argued with down there. Because that's where he went. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you gentlemen this. Three Ant-Man movies have come out so far. And I'm going to jump in first because you already know the answer. <laughs> Three Ant-Man movies come out. How do you rank them? Here's how I'm going to rank them. The first Ant-Man movie was awesome. Phenomenal. It had mm. great supporting cast. Where's Lewis? Exactly. Okay. Lewis was the best part. Mm -hmm. And they just Lewis, got rid yep. of him. Okay. Because um, they wanted to fit in some goofy aliens, but they didn't have Lewis. Okay. So mm -hmm. Ant-Man 1 is best. 
uh, I'm actually putting Ant-Man. Oh, man, they were both such garbage. <laughs> I think I'm going to put Ant-Man 2 ahead of Ant-Man 3. And Ant-Man 3 was just okay. So one, two, three, in that order. There you go. Uh, Alfonso Westland Flores, how do you rank the X-Men, or excuse me, the uh, Ant-Man trilogy? Um, I'm going to agree. One one was definitely the best. Um, I am going to put three before two. And I am I am beyond livid that Louis didn't show up and at least the end credits. I totally thought it was going to be the end credits, you know? Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go one, three, and two. Just because three introduces King, and King is, I mean, even though he got beat, I, I see it, man. I can see the big picture. He's he's looking good. Joe, rank him. Yeah, for me, like I'm similar to you, Alan. It's one, two, three. Yeah, <laughs> three might have went in front of two if uh, Luis was in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somehow. Yeah. If you're going to make a lazy writing story and try to make me believe Case Cassie's a genius, then can you put my boy Luis in there? I'm like, right. you're already making some lazy moves in writing. Can you just add him? I don't care. He could have been, dude, can we have Luis? Luis could have been telling the story of him in his book and how he's a hero and stuff like that. That would have been awesome, dude. Right. They talk about my boy Scott. They talk about my boy Scott who became the hero. You know, I could just hear his voice. And that was like the biggest, one of the biggest disappointments I, you know, you know, like um, that I, I, I wish Luis was in there. You know, like I, I would even take T.I. And the dude that goes, bubble gobo, it's the bubble gobo. <laughs> like, you know, just those guys together. And then like, now, now what? And one, two, he's there. They have a security business and now they don't. You know, I, don't I don't know, man. It's just, I think they, Ant-Man 3 was specifically written to introduce Kang. And I think that's what for me took away from Ant-Man as a movie because at the end of the day, you don't, you know, I don't view Ant-Man as a guy that's going to fight a big bad dude like Kane by himself. I just, yeah. I just yeah. don't buy that. You know, like he, he, an Iron Man, I'd get you and you know, Captain America, a Thor, even a Scarlet Witch. I just don't see, you know, this guy fighting Kane. Alone. You know, real quick, the, the guy, um, Dave Desmolchen, the, the Dave Desmolchen, he, he, uh, the guy who was oh, the Baba Yaga, the Baba Yaga, that was, he did the voice of that pink thing. It's like, oh, are you going to drink me? You're going to drink my, you're going to drink my juice? <laughs> you know, oh, I have a hole. I have holes. Uh, same guy. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that was awful. That was a, that's another lazy writing. <laughs> I'll speak to you. Let me give you some of my bodily fluids and it will help you drink this and you can understand everything. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Would it be more believable bad. that they spoke English? Come on. Come on. Any more believable than you coming up with some goo that makes you understand every language? Yeah, that was that was awful. I'm going to ask one final question for you gentlemen. And Joe, I'll let you go first and then Alfonso, I'll let you take it. Does this movie leave you excited for Phase Five, or does it make you disappointed with the opening, Joe? It makes me excited because of Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors makes me look forward to watching Creed Three. So, I know if they write it well, and it, you know we've said this already. Kevin Feige said, "Let's take time to rewrite some stories." I think. Because Jonathan Major is such a good actor, if they do it right, King will be so much better. 
And so King makes me look forward going forward through phase five. Pretty much Jonathan Majors. That's 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 he, he's the guy that makes me look forward to phase five. Alfonso. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. I, I'm super excited for phase five. I mean, Jonathan Majors, uh, this whole movie to me was just setting him up, you know, that now we have kind of a baseline understanding of who he is, what he's doing, how much potential he's got. And, you know, uh, totally excited for this. And, and I'm happy with it. So. I have to agree with both of you gentlemen, 100%. If it were not for Jonathan Major, I feel like I wouldn't be excited about Phase 5, but it's Phase 5 is Kang, and Kang is Jonathan Major, and Jonathan Major is absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. So this concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast. So until next time, ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, I am NWO. We are NWO. Nerds redefined. Booyah!